Welcome to the Velocity Podcast. A study in monology. This is your grumpy uncle Peter. He will say words at you. Your Velocity Podcast thought of the day. And it's not really a thought for you, it's something a thought I had. And it was really just, I kind of like it when people fuck with horses and then get like booted in the face really, really hard. Like, so they get knocked off their feet and then hit the ground really hard. Because you deserve that. Quora question, if you could have a sword made of any material, what material would you choose and why? Uh, The problem is I would choose something that was incredibly valuable and then I would sell the sword for a lot of money because we live in a world where we don't need swords anymore. So this is a another in the would you rather set of questions that came up from Reddit. And the question is, would you rather poop 1,000 gallons of mayonnaise or a single Chinese throwing star? If I'm going to be really technical, I don't think throwing stars are from China, but I'm not going to get into it because throwing stars weren't really much of a thing anyways. Even the ninjas, is my understanding, they didn't use throwing stars very much. Although I did go to Iga, the ninja village in Japan, and they had a contest where you had to throw three throwing stars. They're surprisingly heavy, the authentic ones, and I used air quotes when I said that. You had to throw three and actually hit a target. Now, the target was quite big, but that just shows how hard they were to throw. Uh, And if you threw it and hit the target, you could win a t-shirt. And I won the t-shirt. I was very proud of myself. I hit that target. And of course, the biggest size they had was medium because this is Japan. And so this shirt didn't fit and I gave it to someone else. But I actually really enjoy winning stuff and giving away the prize. It feels really good. If you've never done that, you should try it. Go to, if you're in Japan, go to the arcade and do the UFO catcher and you win something and just give it to one of the people around you. And they are so excited. It actually is maybe more fun than winning itself. I did have a streak of luck, which is really weird. And I won like three or four stuffed animals. I didn't want any of them. I was going to keep one and give to my girlfriend at the time. And so the other two, I actually just gave to a kid who was there with her mom. And they were so happy. I almost gave them all three. But back to the actual question. Would you rather poop 1000 gallons of mayonnaise or a single Chinese throwing star? Now, and I want to look at this very practically. If I poop a single Chinese throwing star, that's going to rip up, I assume, my stomach, intestines, and anus as it comes out. So for me, that's pretty much off the table. Now, pooping a thousand gallons of mayonnaise, I have to think about practically how will that happen? Because there's two issues. How are you going to get a thousand gallons in and out in one go? And where is it going to go? I absolutely would choose the thousand gallons of mayonnaise. Because my assumption is the mayonnaise has to go in and then go out almost as like a system. So you would have to sit there and it would be a really long time because a thousand gallons is a lot. But I think the damage done because it's mayonnaise would be minimal. So my image is that there is sort of a tube going into my mouth down my throat. So it goes into my stomach and then fills up my stomach and then it just gets pushed through my intestines. Now that would be incredibly uncomfortable. 
But once it was done, it would be done. And I'm sure everything would be distended and hurt and sore. But as long as the thousand gallons is going at a regular pace that doesn't injure you, because if it injures you, you die. Let's just say it bursts your stomach or your intestines or something. You die at that point. But I think part of the unspoken premise is that you're able to get it in and get it out. Like you're going to survive this process. So I would choose that one because I think the relief would be such when it was finished. And I think I would have less damage overall. Now there's a secondary way of looking at it that you're now magically filled with a thousand gallons of mayonnaise and you suddenly have to poop it out, which could leave you post poop with the distended stomach and, and all that extra skin that's been stretched out. But I actually think that might be easier to take care of overall. The tearing up of your insides with the throwing star seems like more dangerous, more permanent damage that would make you sick and you would die. Like, I don't actually think there's another way around that. I think if you tore up that much of your insides, you're probably going to die. So would you rather poop 1,000 gallons of mayonnaise? I don't know why they chose mayonnaise. I guess it's just one of those things that feels gross to have that much of in your body. Or a single Chinese throwing star, which I don't believe is Chinese. I would choose the 1,000 gallons of mayonnaise. So Cora question. This was actually a question I could answer. It was really relevant to me. It was a question that I really wish had been asked to me in real life because I, I could answer the question for realsies. So the question is, if a judo expert was attacked on the street and he or she, nice touch there to make sure, because judo is done by both men and women. It's not just men. There is sort of an assumption that martial arts are mostly men. Uh, my first really good teacher was a woman who would beat my teenage scrawny ass regularly. It was pretty awesome. That's maybe a story I need to tell in the future. So if a judo expert was attacked on the street and he or she was able to successfully throw the attacker to the ground, what would they do directly after that to disable the person from making further attacks? So the person here understands that judo is primarily throwing. And what they're asking is, what are the follow-up moves to the throw? It's a very good question. Now, I would like to explain something about the throw or getting thrown in the first place. And that is, in judo, when you get thrown, first of all, you learn how to fall. You're going to spend your first six months learning how to fall. It's a safety issue. If you don't learn to fall properly, they call it a break fall. If you don't learn to fall properly, you're going to get hurt because you're going to hurt your arm, your shoulder, your back, or your legs or something. Uh, you're going to have injuries. And people do. This is when I've actually found that most people quit judo because it's not very fun to learn how to fall down. But the people who do it, like I've actually fallen down on ice and not been hurt. Like I didn't crack my head. I didn't hurt my shoulder and back. I actually did a proper break fall and I got up again. Sure, you know, you go, whew, that was tough, but I was not hurt. And that's important. We're going to have to assume that the person being thrown is not an expert in judo. So they don't know how to fall down. So they haven't fallen correctly. They haven't protected themselves. In judo, when you take a fall, you're on mats. Now, you might say like, oh, mats are pretty hard, but they're not. They are essentially a lot of cushioning. And a lot of judo clubs I've been to, there's actually a sprung floor underneath that to absorb the impact. So they have actually put in extra effort to make sure that the impact of the throw is absorbed by the floor as well as your breakfall. So that's two things that are in place to protect you, the person falling. And then the next question is, what are they protecting from? Well, they're, they're protecting from the incredible impact that happens when you get thrown to the ground. If we transfer this situation outside, now 
here's the first thing I was actually thinking of. You're probably on an uneven surface. It is much, much harder to do a proper break fall on an uneven surface. And if you don't know how to fall, you're just compounding that effect and what it's going to do to your body. And secondly, there's no cushioning. You're not on tatami. You're probably on concrete. Let's say where it's a street fight, you're on the street. You're now getting thrown into the ground. So someone who doesn't know how to fall properly getting thrown into concrete, they're probably not getting up again. You might not have, you know, killed them or anything, but there is actually a chance that if they land on their head or neck with no cushioning, they could break something and die. That is 100% true. If they land on their back, let's say the guy is a really high level person, he's not trying to kill them, he throws them right on their back, they are going to be winded. And I don't mean just like a punch to the gut winded. This is imagine getting hit by a car winded. I would say if the throw itself was successful, that fight is actually probably finished and you could just walk away because it's going to take them a really, really, really long time before they can even get up again. But then let's make the assumption that they're really tough and that hasn't winded them and I have to do some kind of follow-up move. In a judo tournament, the next step is to put on a hold down because you hold them on their back for 20 seconds and that is how you win the fight. Or you do an arm lock and a choke. Now in a street fight, holding someone on their back for 20 seconds is almost meaningless because you're just holding them still and you're actually in a way giving them a chance to rest. Uh, you give them a chance to get their breath back or whatever. You're not doing much if you're just holding them still. Maybe you want to hold them still until the police arrive, if, that, if you know they're on the way. But that's still going to be minutes and minutes and minutes. It's not going to be 20, 30 seconds like in a judo match. So to me, the hold down in this case is not particularly effective. What would be particularly effective is an arm lock, which is actually designed to break the elbow. Um, but I wouldn't want to do the one where I'm fully exposed because an arm lock in judo is the one where you grab his arm and then you throw your legs over and you actually go down on your back and you use your waist to crank the elbow and break the elbow. You'll probably see it in MMA fights when they put them on that way. That one to me leaves you exposed. So I don't know if there's other people around or something else going to happen. Again, this is a very fluid situation. You don't want to expose yourself that much. So I think rolling him over to his back and doing like an elbow lock behind the back would be a better secondary move. If he's incapacitated enough, it'd be very easy to throw in a choke. Then you could knock him unconscious and or kill him if you choose to. So those are the judo options. But this is a street fight and there are no rules. And if you want to finish someone off and he's on the ground basically incapacitated for a few seconds and you're not, you can just stand on his throat. And that is a horrible thing to say and it's a horrible consideration, but at the end of the day, it's the safest thing for me as the person standing up if the person is lying down in front of me. And if you want to be extra horrible, you don't stand on his throat, you stomp on his throat. And that's pretty much the end of that, but you're also now a murderer. So I think the real answer to this question is realistically, if someone got thrown onto concrete, there's a very good chance they're not getting up again anyways. So you probably don't need a follow-up move. I've talked about cryptocurrency multiple times on the podcast and uh, Facebook has just announced its cryptocurrency that will be coming out. It's called Libra. Really, the first problem I had with Libra is that Libra is a horoscope sign and it's something that I personally have no faith in. So you've named your cryptocurrency after a concept that is known to be false. Horoscopes are not real. They're not accurate. 
something that mo many people have a great deal of skepticism about. That's not really the problem with Facebook making a cryptocurrency, but it was the first thing I thought is the, the people they're trying to reach probably aren't into astrology in the first place, so this like zodiac sign naming system may not have been the best choice. But the real reason I think the Facebook cryptocurrency is going to fail is that cryptocurrency fans, the people who already use cryptocurrency like myself, they generally do not tend to be fans of Facebook. And that's actually a real problem because the people who will adopt and use your cryptocurrency are going to be people who are already into cryptocurrencies and they're not going to buy from Facebook. Now, the idea of a true cryptocurrency, if you go back to sort of the white papers that explain the idea or the concept, is that they wouldn't be run by corporations or by governments and they wouldn't be something you could censor. This would be true, free internet money. But Facebook being a large corporation is subject to laws. And so they will have to declare where money is coming and going so that they can pay taxes. I know they probably don't pay any real taxes, but there is still a process in place where things get checked so they can cheat properly. Now, the secondary issue is the other group of people, the people who like Facebook. These are probably people who don't get or understand cryptocurrency. So you have the people who like cryptocurrency probably won't buy cryptocurrency from Facebook. And you have the people who like Facebook who probably won't buy cryptocurrency because they don't really get or understand cryptocurrency because why would they buy that when they can just use their credit card? And that's the bit they're missing. In Japan, there is a company called Line and they do messaging. It's basically as big as Facebook. Young people will not touch Facebook. They're all online in Japan. Line is trying to become an exchange first so that people can trade cryptocurrency on their platform. And then what they're trying to do is create their own coin, but they're not really calling it a cryptocurrency yet. What they're using is integrating their point system so you can buy like line points. And from those points, you can buy stickers and stuff on their platform. So the people who are already using this system are already used to the idea of giving line some money that gets put into their system that then they can get stuff from. So it's actually only one step away from putting that system onto the blockchain and then people buying things on the line platform using their proprietary currency. So the people who are using line are already comfortable giving money and using money online. And people who are using cryptocurrency, who are into cryptocurrency, are probably using line as a messaging service. So they're not so offended by the idea. Because Line is setting up an exchange first before it actually releases its own coin, those people have now a convenient way to trade the thing they're already interested in. So you can see that Line, the way they're setting it up, appeals to both parties, whereas Facebook, the way they're setting it up, doesn't appeal to anyone. And this is why I believe, if you read the horoscope prediction for Libra coin, is that it's going to fail. Hey, sexy friend. He's making me his bitch. Thank you for listening. If you have questions or comments, you can tweet at VelociPeter or email VelociPodcast at gmail.com. You can find the podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, Acast or go to VelociPeter.com slash podcast.